Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. We chose this title, Devotion. Because the Lord wants us to teach that first as the first premise of whatever we build on in the year 2024. The Bible says that it's not by might nor by power. It says, but by my spirit, said the Lord. There are many things that you are believing for. There are many things that you have expectations for for the year 2024. There are even many things that in the time of prayer the Lord has showed you that would come to pass in the year 2024. If there is any strategy I can give to you, if there is any one-on-one prophetic roadmap that P.S. can give to you as a person, that is you come to P.S. and say, P.S. tell me one thing, what must I do to be saved this year? Tell me that one thing I should do to anchor every single thing that you have prophesied over us, to anchor every single thing that you have told us, to anchor every single thing that you have trained us about in the year 2023 coming into the year 2024. Tell me that one thing. That's what I'm about to teach you today. And I'd like you to listen very, very carefully, please, with every rapt attention. That's why I want every single member of this church to listen to this message critically. Let me give you this example. If you've ever had a radio set or a TV station, UHF and all of those things, when you turn the TV station or the radio set, you are turning it, turning it, turning it to get into a particular radio, let me say it's in 9.5, just assume that. You get to that point, you are hearing some scratching sound. You keep tuning it, tuning it, tuning it. Now, as you keep tuning it and you're tuning, 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 and the volume is loud, the people around you will get irritated by it. They say, reduce it, reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. You know why? Because they are hearing scratching sound. Even though you're fine-tuning something there, but it's a noise coming out in their ears. So they say, reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. But guess what? When you tune it to the point and you can start hearing voice from the TV station or the radio channel that you want to hear, at that point, when you increase the volume, it's no longer offensive to people. Why? Because people can hear what you're saying. This is why I want to help you understand something that sometimes God has to fine-tune you first before he amplifies you. Because if he amplifies you without the fine-tuning, you are going to be a sounding cymbal and a noise. That's why it's very important that fine-tuning is done accurately. Once we can fine-tune, then we can increase the volume. Are you following what I'm saying? And that's why this year, there is one thing. Listen to what I'm about to say to you today. There is one thing you must get right. If there is nothing you have gotten right in your past four, five, ten years of your lifetime, there is one thing you must get right that is accuracy and precision. Why? Because you have no time whatsoever for any form of guesswork, trial by error, this one works, this one doesn't work. You need that accuracy and precision so, so, so much so that you fine-tune it, accuracy, then you can turn up the volume, which means you can scale the thing up quickly. God gives you a vision. You fine-tune it. You fine-tune it. You have the right set of people. Pam, you can scale it up. Why? Because you have been able to fine-tune the thing right. What I want to do for you today is to fine-tune you to the channel 
that you are going to use as your receiver in the year 2024 so that amplification can come easy. And so that you are not then amplified, but you are sounding as a noise to many people. Glory be to God. And that's why the Lord has put us upon our heart to teach on the subject of devotion. Now, listen to me very carefully. Many of you, what you are probably thinking today is I'm going to come and teach on how to study the Bible right. Da, 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 da. I'm going to do that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to that today. But I want to lay a biblical foundation for you, the importance of devotion. And because many of us, when we hear the word devotion, it's correct, comes to our mind, priesthood, intimacy, and all of those things are correct. But I tell you the honest truth, devotion is the only stream by which we believers have a sustenance here on the earth. That's it. Listen to this very carefully. If you are chosen to become an ambassador of a nation, one of the priority of the ambassador when you travel to the nation, even though the government is the one that sent you to that nation to be a representation of that nation, it is worthy of note that for you to be an effective ambassador, you must keep continuous communication with the country that sent you to the other country that you are representing. The moment you cut off of that communication of the country, you are now on your own, you are no longer an ambassador. What makes you a representative of that nation is the fact that you are in constant communication. In other words, you are saying exactly what the country you are coming from, they are asking you to say in representation of the place where you belong to, then they call you an ambassador. Until that, you are only just there representing them. If communication is not done right. This is why this message is the first message of the year that would inch on every other thing you have written this year, every vision you have, every goal you have, every strategy you have, and every other thing God has told you that would happen to you this year. Glory be to God. And that's why I like you to listen to this message very, very critically. Now let me start by breaking down the word devotion. What is the meaning of the word devotion? What is the meaning of the word devotion? It's very powerful that the word devotion actually was taken from the word loyalty. Wow. That is to be loyal to someone or to something. So when we say you are having a devotion with God, we are saying for you to be loyal to God. Another meaning of the word devotion means to give continuous heed to. To give continuous heed that's very powerful to be loyal towards something or to give continuous heed to it now there are early ideas of what we call devotion or what we call intimacy and we can see that in the journey of when somebody wants to get into a relationship with another person let me just use that as an example right here so think about it this way now everything has scattered shall we? we have scattered the plan the way it goes but you know the bible says but from the beginning it was not so but originally, if I like me, like you, and I want to date you, what's the strategy? We start out first by communication. Sometimes we see ourselves outside, we wink at ourselves, little verbal, non-verbal communication. We start out first like that. What's the end goal? The end goal is to build intimacy. But it starts out first like that. Then it moves from text messages from text messages, it moves to little conversation. Have you eaten today? What did you eat, brother? What are you, you know, those little things that you could eat? So we started like that gradually. That gradual process, listen to what I'm saying to you. That gradual process is leading to something. But it starts out little by little. Then you graduate gradually from talking one another to one another to vulnerability. 
When I was growing up, this was what happened to me. This was what happened to my dad. This was what happened to my sister. Then there is now that point where there is one openness that both of you now get into a place where there is a free flow, what I can call a floodgate of conversation. You are now talking one to another without any restriction whatsoever. Initially, when it was in the talking stage, it was first, oh, hi, hi, hello, hi, hi, hello, hi, hi. Now you can be on extra cool. I know many of you did that thing. Extra cool for five hours. That's why you failed that course on campus. Because you are taking extra cool call all to 6 a.m. What has happened? There is a progression gradually from how you initially started to have that relationship to where the relationship is now. Why? By constant communication. In other words, constant communication increases the bandwidth of the relationship. Are you following what I'm saying? Constant communication increases the bandwidth of that relationship. Now, you get it to the point where you are now talking to each other. You now get into a point where it's now to the level where I want to get married to you. For you to now say, I want to get married to you, then you must take the person to your father and your family friends or your father-in-law and your brother and your family. You take that person to your family. I want to meet this person. I want to marry this person. What has happened? The relationship has gone to another level. What level is it now? It's in the place where you are now introducing that person to the people that are dear to you. Inside information. Taking that person to your house. Taking that person to your... Are you following what I'm saying? Giving that person some insights that others people will never have. Why? Because the relationship has graduated to another level. This is exactly a prototype, even though it's earthly, it's exactly a, a spiritual prototype of how our devotion and our spiritual journey is with God. This is why Abraham was able to come to God. He said, I'm going to destroy some of them. I said, look, if you find 30 people in that place, will you be able to destroy it? He said, will I do anything without telling my servant Abraham? What he was talking about there was the intimacy of consistency of relationship that they have. In other words, there are things that God would not do except in inform. Are you following what I'm saying, guys? But look, there is a phase of which that relationship starts, then it graduates to a point. I can't meet you tomorrow now. I just like you for the first time. And even though now we have scattered everything, the first thing I'm telling you first is that my father died 3,000 years ago. I don't, you don't care about that information now. But by the reason of constant communication, intimacy beckons there, vulnerability is exposed right there, and then we can now have a free flow. Now think about what I'm about to say to you. Are you aware that when evil comes to vulnerability, for there to be a solidified intimacy where vulnerability is concerned, it has to do with two parties. If one person is vulnerable unto another, the other person will guide themselves and not talk. Let me say something to you. Contrary to many people's belief and opinion, God also can be vulnerable to you about the things that matters to him. In the depth of intimacy, I'm telling you the truth, you will begin to feel a burden. This is what it means to have a burden for something or for someone. You begin to feel a burden. I love the way this song, Hill song, song puts it. It says, God, break my heart from what breaks yours. Open up my eyes to the things that are unseen. Why? By the depth of intimacy. You no longer understand the passion in which you are operating, the passion in which you are going. Why? Because you are now carrying the burden of the Father. You are now carrying the passion of the Christ. Glory be to God. What has gotten to that point is the depth of intimacy. And so devotion is just beyond, listen to what I'm saying to you. If you want to marry that girl, you must be ready to commit in communication with that girl. In other words, if you want to be able to see the things that God sees from the viewpoint that God sees things, you must be ready to communicate and stay in that lane. In other words, that you can stay in that depth of communication with him so that you can begin to see things from the lens that he sees things. So devotion is not, it's beyond just ticking your conscience box that I pray today. 
It's beyond, are you following what I'm talking about? It's beyond that, oh, I read my Bible today. It's going into a deeper intimacy to the point that it can begin to introduce you to his family friends. Are you following what I'm saying there? Just by you having deep intimacy with God, you are in your house. And God is showing you, you see that person, be friends with that person. In the next 10 years, that person is the owner of the key to the banking world. By intimacy. The Bible says the secret things belongs to God. The things that are reviewed belongs to us. And so when we talk about the secret things, look, there is no way my wife and I will be married today if she did not feel that she had some access into me or she knew me to a level. And the same way, if I don't feel like I knew her to a level, there's no way I'm going to be married. So devotion is beyond that. It's beyond I came to God and I ticked my conscience box today. I pray though, so I'm safe. Let me say something to you. If you want to fulfill God's assignment on the earth for your life, your devotion must be a priority to you. Because let me tell you something, if you are on the earth side here and you are disconnected from the, from the, from the, the sent nation, which means you are as an ambassador on the earth, there is a nation that sent you the kingdom of heaven. If you are disconnected from the, from the conversations going on there, you are on your own doing everything on your own. Are you following what I'm talking about here? That's why devotion is very, very important very critical the bible says in deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 29 look there is a spiritual law listen to this now my god such a glory right here please let me change that to him, please. there is a spiritual law that enforces intimacy look the same way we have earthly principles are the same way we have spiritual principles. If you apply the spiritual principles, you will see the result of the spiritual principles. If you apply the, the, real, the earthly principles, pardon me, you will see the result of the earthly principles. For example, if I say 2 plus 2 is what? 4. It's a natural law that we understand. Addition and subtraction. It means every time I put 2 plus 2, it should equal 4. Also, spiritually there are things that every time you do it must give you that result every time you do it it must give you that result and one of which is what we are going to read right now in the book of Deuteronomy chapter, 20, chapter 4 and verse 29 look at what the Bible says it says but from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. In other words, there is a spiritual law that the fight, listen to what I'm about to say to you, that every time you seek God, it must equate finding him. Every time you seek him, it's a spiritual law. When the Bible says you will seek him with all of your heart, in fact, let's open, let's open again to James chapter 4 and verse 8. Look at another spiritual law. Look at this spiritual law. It says, James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God and it will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands and your sinners. Let me stop right there. Draw near to God and it will draw near to you. Look at that spiritual law. Every time you draw near to him, he has taken another step. Guess what? Listen to the another level of what I'm about to say to you. Every time you take one step towards God, it takes five towards you. Spiritual law. Draw near to him and I will draw near to you. It's a spiritual law. You operate by that spiritual law. Pam! Have you noticed this? Every time you go intense with God in fasting and prayer, have you noticed that those three days, those five days, you are seeing things that you never saw naturally? Your, your, your senses are awakening. It's on a different level. That's the spiritual law being activated right there. It's a spiritual law. In fact, I tell people this. Look, 
One of the ways to carry the anointing of God in a level that is not common to men is to operate in the spiritual law. This is why, think about this. Jesus was, the Bible says, he carried the anointing beyond measure. It means that he could operate the anointing in any way, shape, or form he wanted to. But the Bible says he went and fasted 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible then recorded and said Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Why? He had to obey a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. These things are spiritual laws. You operate to the level of the spiritual law, you see the result of the spiritual law. I put something on Twitter earlier today. I said if you are a man of God or a pastor or a ministry gift, I said, this, this, I said, I said there is a level of knowledge and there is, a knowledge, there is a level where you are speaking by knowledge and there is a level when a scepter is given to you and you are speaking by the knowledge of the scepter. In other words, if you are speaking by knowledge, you are just sharing something, sharing something, sharing something. When you are speaking with an authority of a scepter, the way it lands to the ears of the people is different. Are you following what I'm saying? Because you obey the spiritual law. If I stand right here and I fall down, come to the ground, I'm falling down, spirit, natural law. If I give, I'm going to receive spiritual law. Glory be to God. And so the Bible is saying right here, every time you draw near to God, it draws near to you. Look up another verse of scripture. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 12. We're talking about devotion and working with God in the year 2024. I'm about to give to you a secret key. Please, I beg you with the name of Jesus Christ that you serve. Listen to this message again and again. Because let me tell you something. All I give to you is a prophetic word and some keys. But everybody would have several keys. Look, if I'm standing right here and I need to go outside of the gate and those two gates are locked, those two doors are locked, I need at least two keys to open that gate. If I get to that one and I use another key that is not, it will move but it will not open. It means I have the key but not the key, not the key responsible to open that door. So I'm struggling because I have a key but I'm not using the right key to open the door. This is why people struggle in life. Why? Because they don't have the right keys. The Bible says the labor of the fool wearies them. Why? Because they don't know how to enter into the city. They don't know. But they are in the city but they don't know how. So the problem is how do you fulfill the fullness of God's plans and purpose for your life in the year 2024 so that all the prophecies is not just excitement. Devotion. 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 It's not by him that runneth or walketh, but by the Lord that showeth mercy. The horse is battle ready, but victory, the Bible says, surely comes from God. Victory comes from God. Glory be to God. Jeremiah 29 verse 12. Look at what the Bible says there. It says, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Next verse. Next verse. Okay, that's it. It says, I will be found by you. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. Now, listen to this. It's almost like the only time I read the scripture, you almost like think you might almost think that what God is saying right here is that God wants to do hide and seek with you. You know, find me, or find me if you can, or catch me if you can. So it's like, oh, hide and seek. Let me tell you what this scripture actually means. It says, if you search me with all of your heart, then you will find me. In other words, you will realize that I'm never far away. I was always there. The problem is you were not looking at my direction all along. I've been always here. 
So when the Bible says when you search the Lord or you seek the Lord, it's not saying that when you turn touchlight and you're looking out, that you now eventually get to a point that God is there. No, when you the moment your heart says, I want to create a right devotion with God, then you will find out that all along he has been there waiting for you to come and meet him there. Are you following what I'm saying there? This is why the first priority when it comes to devotion, listen to what I'm about to say now, is not, listen to this, is not the chore of the devotion. It's not the works of the devotion. It's not what is the outcome of the devotion. It's the you, the devotioner. It's the you. The Bible puts it this way in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Go to Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. It says, I beseech you brethren by the mercy of God that what? You present your body first. You. Your body. A living sacrifice only and acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. You. Let me say something to you. Listen to what I'm about to say to you now. Contrary to many people's belief that what God wants from them when they have a personal devotion with him is his worship to them or, is, or their prayer to him or their worship to him or their prayer. What God wants in devotion is you. Look, listen to the one I'm about to say to you. Sometimes it's not even the prayer and the worship and everything. The first thing first is your attention which means Samuel, Samuel. God wasn't saying anything to him yet. He went to meet Eli. Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back and sleep. Okay, he went back. Samuel, he went back to God. Go back and sleep. Samuel, three times. Aha! Now I know it's the Lord that's calling you. In other words, it was at the time he knew that this was God, God then started talking to him. But the first point of call is Samuel first. When someone is able to hear to God, which is get the attention of God, then God begins to speak. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. What God wants in your devotion first. Listen to this. Don't miss what I'm about to say right now. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. What God wants in your devotion first is your decision to stay. Your decision to stay. That in the year 2024, I'm not going to be coming in and going out. I'm going to stay here. Samuel! Answer, my, answer me first. When you call me and I answer you, then I can tell you. The Bible puts it this way in the book of Mark chapter 3. Let's open there. I love Mark chapter 3 verse 14. Look at what Jesus said, to, uh, was saying, to, what, what the Bible recorded about Jesus and his disciples. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Look at the sequence of operation. First, they might be with him. Then he can send them out. Not they can send them out so that they can be with him. You see, what we are doing is, Lord, I want to change the world. 2024, I'm going to scatter this earth. God, I'm going to release my faith and believe for anything possible. You want to go outside and preach first. When the, the, spiritual, the, the spiritual direction of result is that you first be with him. How do you go and preach what he has not revealed to you? How do you build a business when he has not showed you what to build? Are you following what I'm saying? It's when you see the prototype in your spirit when you want to build this kind of building. You must first create the architecture design in your mind. Then you go to the architecture and say, uh, uh, the architect and say, please, I want to build something like this. This is what I have in mind. Then they sketch it for you. After they sketch it for you, then you can go and build. 
So many of us, we are going to build without any form of architectural plans. That's why these things are not working right. No architectural plan. We're just going, we're just going. He says, first, this is the spiritual principle. They might be with him, then he might send them out. Devotion. Glory be to God. Let's open our Bible again to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5. Thank you, Lord. It says, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Next verse, verse 6. It says, in burnt offering and sacrifice for sins you have no pleasure. Verse 7, last verse. It says, then I said, behold, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. I come. It says, sacrifice a body. It says, a body have I prepared. It's a body first. A body first before the sacrifice. How do you, how do you go to the cross to achieve my eternal counsel without the body first? So it's you first. Everything that comes out of you is from you. That's why the spiritual reference to our life is from inside out. It starts from you first. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's you first. Glory be to God. Let me tell you something. How am I doing what I'm doing in the new today? Listen to it very carefully. How am I doing it? Many years ago, I shared this before in my part two. I think I went to pray um, sports center also. And I heard God he, very clear. He says, if you will not care about who takes the glory, I can do many mighty things for you. That statement came from devotion. It means that I don't mind being an apostle under another apostle or a pastor under another apostle because God has already told me, if you don't care who will take the glory. In other words, there are secret things that would anchor the decisions of your life that will come from the place of secrets, not what people are saying all around. So it's coming from a place of conviction. Are you following what I'm saying here? But it must be you first. Which means the you that decides that this is where I'm going to dwell. Let everything come and meet me here. Let the chaos of the earth come and meet me here. Let the noise of the earth come and meet me here. Have you noticed? Scientists have proven this. That if you see a tornado, yeah, that thing that moves like this, tornado. They said that the, the smallest part of it is the most peaceful part of it. Wow. The most peaceful that's where you are, right at the center with Jesus. When you have a devotion, there is turmoil going on all around the earth. But that thing on the center will anchor you there. Why? Because your devotion is more real. Are you following what I'm saying here? Has this happened to you before? You went into a time of fasting and prayer, prayer or fasting, whatever it is. And for the next seven days, you were looking for devils to destroy. There was a boldness in your spirit. You can't even explain it. Not only a boldness, there is a love you were radiating. Every poor person you saw on the street, as opposed to every time you were looking at them and said, get out of my sight. You wanted to help people. What was going on with you? The nature of Christ now settled on you and was now making himself made manifest, perfecting himself in your life. Why? By devotion. Let me tell you something. The reason why people are anyhow is because when you look sometimes, their devotion is shaking. Devotion. How does God tell you, look, Every time God tells you something, He tells you a destination. Listen to what I'm going to say to you. It only tells you a destination. It never gives you in that moment the roadmap, the GPS, 
of how to get to that destination. Because if he gives you the destination and he gives you the roadmap at the same time, what is going to happen is that you're going to free him. It's a proven fact that the moment man believes they are totally dependent on themselves, they no longer need the maker. So God in his wisdom, in order for the just to live by faith, he would always put inside of you the future direction, but he will withhold that not from you, but for you, so that it can come back to him, and then he can show you continually, take left, take right, take left, take right, so that you can eventually get to the very direction. Why? So that faith can be justified. That's the process of faith. That's the process of faith. And let me say something to you. Faith, listen to what I'm saying to you right now. The first standpoint of faith is thus hear the Lord. What does thus hear the Lord mean? It means what has God said to you. You know, I've told you this before. There was no point in the Bible where the Bible said Abraham read the Bible and God told Abraham in the Bible. What did Abraham believe unto God? He believed God and it was counted unto him as what? Righteousness. In other words, what did he believe? He believed the word of the Lord. God says, go, leave your father and thy kindred to a place that I will show you. He was hearing the voice of God. In other words, the voice of God is the first action point of faith. The voice of God. Ah, I will show it to you in the Bible. The voice of God. That's why intimacy is key. So, listen to you. Listen to me. Contrary to your belief, the problem that you have by running away from your time of intimacy and your time of devotion with God, you are short-circuiting yourself from the voice of God. And if the voice of God is not constantly supplied in your life, you have no faith to believe for anything. That's why you are not seeing results. That's why you are not seeing results. Three years ago, two years ago, three years ago now, I came to this church in November. Pastor Dr. Arabade came to preach. I sat down right here, somewhere here. He was preaching. The word of the Lord came to me while he was preaching. The Lord told me while he was preaching that you guys, that's the new, you are going to move to your own venue. The next day, Monday, Monday, I've shared this story before, I came downstairs from the house. I started praying in the spirit. What was I doing? That word that was on my inside, the prayer there was quickening it in my spirit. What does that word quickening mean? It means to give energy. Energy. Naturally, you can't do it. You can't step out to do it. But, ah, my goodness. It gives you an energy, a surge. I'm going to go and do this thing. That day I was done. I remember I called Pastor Dayton, called Pastor Obi and some of us. I said, look, you guys go and look for your venue. In three weeks, we're going to move away from... At the time, we only had one camera, one Canon camera that we bought at the time as a church. Only one camera. I came to church the next Sunday and I stood on this pulpit and I announced that by December, we are going to move all the churches. We're not going to be sharing facilities with Kings again. We're going to move. At the time, we had no screen. We had no sound. We had no light. We had no stage. We had no venue. Nothing whatsoever. Listen, if I came in August to come and say that, I would be busting in my words. You'll be falling on the ground. But there is no sent word, no backed up word by the quickened word. Where? In devotion. So, you are joking with your devotion. You are joking with God talking to you. This is why people, that's why speed is not showing up in people's life. Because they are joking with the powering engine. This light that we see here is being powered by something. You shut that thing off, you don't have light here. So you are, you are, you are playing, you are not foiling it. You are not putting diesel inside. You are not putting oil inside. You are not putting water inside. But you want to have power. How? The engine is always there. Are you following what I'm saying? The engine is going nowhere, but you need to put oil. You need to put water. This is what prayer, this is what fasting, this is what all those things that we do in our devotion, those are the things that we are doing so that when we start the engine, light can come out. 
And when there's light, there's no darkness. The reason why people are stumbling is because there's no enough light. Or there is, light, there is light, but not in the effect or the intensity required. If I'm in this place right now, and I want to hold a service, if I own a touch of my phone, do I have light? Yes. Can it power service for me? No. But there's light. That's what the Bible says, those that sat in great darkness as beyond seeing a great light. It means that you don't, only, you don't only look at the level of light that you have, but you look at the intensity of the light that you have. This is why Apostle Paul prayed, the Spirit of Lord Jesus, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who given to me the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Contrary to your belief, listen to me, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Every time you walk away from devotion or your time of intimacy, what you are doing is that you are dying by faith, you don't know. Because if you are going to live by faith, it must be powered. So when I came here, we didn't have, we didn't have that money in our bank account. But I can stand before the people. Why? Even though I, I can teach, I can say it right there and say, I came out and what you are thinking is talking. is the anointing upon PS. But it's not the anointing upon PS that was doing that works. It was because I heard dossier the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm talking about, guys? It's dossier the Lord. What God told me that I only came to tell you that you can see the result of what has happened. How did we start the feast? Pastor Toby Olajigo was preaching right here. I stood right there. God said, from today, da, 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 feast. Da, da, da. That's how we started the feast. Every time we want to do anything, because the word of the Lord has gone. The Bible says he sent his word. Glory be to God. Devotion. Turn your Bible again with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. It says, For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. You were bought at a price. Look at me, everybody. This body that you are saying, my body, is not really your own. So go and submit it to the owner of the body. The owner of the body is Christ. So if he needs your body for devotion, give him the body this year, 2024. Because you're already bought with a price. How do you buy yourself up when you're already been bought? Thank you, Lord. Now, let me say something here. Listen to, this, listen to me, the new generation. Our generation, listen to this very critically. Our generation is very big on kingship. Which means, go into all the world, take the nations for God, and I believe it's a message for the generation. That's why it resonates in every one of us hearts in our generation. But listen very carefully. There is no kingship that is not, is not powered by priesthood. None. There is no kingship, not, non-existent on the earth, even to today, that is not powered by priesthood. In the Old Testament, listen to this, in the Old Testament, there were the dual operation of kings and prophets or kings and prophets or priests. In other words, the priest, the king wants to go to battle, they go and consult a prophet who is a standing representation of priesthood to God. They operate together, dual oppression. You see that, that's how God was operating with the children of Israel. Dual oppression, kingships and priesthood. Now, when Jesus came to die on the cross, the Bible says about Jesus, he died on the cross, uh, Revelation chapter 5. He has now made us what? Kings and priests. So now, we are no longer operating, you are a king, you are a priest. We now have the two packaged in one. So the two must work together. In other words, your priesthood is powering your kingship. Listen, the moment your priesthood suffers, your kingship is zero. Because that's the powering engine. That's what powers the machine of your kingship. What keeps the crown on your head is a prayer language in the secret. 
What keeps that crown on your head? You can't just come and say, lift up your heads, O ye gates. They will ask you, who is the king of glory? You better know who the king of glory is. Don't just come up and say, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Who is the king of glory? You think they're not going to ask you? They're going to ask you there. So you enter into places. I've entered into board meetings before. We want to get a job. I entered into the place. I just saw the thing. Ah, Kamari just went back. In that place, praying in the spirit is like opposition. Oppositions. Now, let me tell you something. It's not in that place you will now start praying. In that place is the power engine of your, of your priesthood. In that place is declaration. David did not go and meet, you get what I'm saying? Goliath. And in the name of Jesus, so I, I, I kill you, I kill you, I kill you. David did not do that. When you face opposition, it's like your tire of your car has accident, you are tumbling. It will not happen to you. In that moment, don't say, hey, Jesus. No, stop in the name of Jesus. You know why you can talk like that? Because of something that was being powered. Who are thou No Riazal. Who are thou uncircumcised for this time? No Riazal. Why? If you understand this thing, you will see that it is critical to your life journey. As opposed to say, they are not sending us devotional. You will, you will create it yourself. You will take this, this year, uh, let me tell you something, everything I sent to you or I shared with you as prophecy can become something you will never see, taste, or handle in your life. Because when the Bible says about prophecy, it says you are going to wage a good war. What does waging war? It means fighting? No. How do you wage war? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Against principalities and against power. How do we wage this war? In the word. Is you staying. He says, I will stand upon my war tower and I will wait to see what he will say to me. Then he said to me, write the vision, make it plain. I will stand first. You are not standing, but you are waiting to see. How do you see? You are not standing. He says, I will stand upon my war tower and I will wait to see what he will say to me. Then what he says to me, he says, write it down and make it plain. He that sees will run. So you are casting vision that you have not seen yourself. You are announcing things that are not going to happen because you have seen nothing. Because you are not standing upon any word tower. So the only thing you have as a badge in your tag is watchers. We are watchers. Intercessor that is not doing the work of intercessor. Believer that is not believing. Think about that. Because there is, look, the spirit, the Bible says, except the spirit is supplied from on high. There is a supply of the Holy Spirit that causes that thing to be easy for you to do. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Everything you are going to be, you are going to achieve this year will only be anchored on one spiritual strategy: your devotion. The only spiritual strategy that I have for you, the new, is your devotion. You wake up in the morning. God says, "Go to work 6 a.m. Go to work 6 a.m. and go and give the getman 2,000 naira. Trivialize that 2,000 naira for an extension of delay of five years." trivialize that obedience for a five year delay in your life. Just trivialize it. Buy your, do your devotion. Look, if you want to see big things, you must be willing to do big things. If you, and you, if you want to see big things, you must be willing to take audacious faithful steps by the Spirit of God. Which means you are going to come out and say, by this time tomorrow, so, so, and so, and so will happen. You are not saying something because you wish like saying it. You are saying it because you heard God say it. 
Bible says by two immutable things it's impossible for God to lie. If God says something to you and you really heard him, he will commit the fullness of his power, the fullness of his force, the fullness of his person, the fullness of his potential, the fullness of his capacity to ensure that that thing comes to pass. How do you kill the firstborn of the whole of Egypt just to fulfill the prophecy you gave to Abraham? The whole firstborn in the whole of Egypt plus their cattle, plus their animals, everybody just to fulfill what he told one man. What? Who does that kind of a thing? By Abraham walking with God. He said, I will commit this thing to Abraham because I know he will teach his children. By devotion. God held himself accountable to Abraham. By devotion. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying to you? How, was, how would the great monarch of the head keep himself accountable to a man? By a devotional life. That's my friend Abraham. My friend Abraham. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with God and he was not. By, by, by relationship. At 32, they are, still, they are still waking you up to pray. Prayer chain. 32. <laughs> Better wake up now this year. And let me say something. Sadly, and I say this, you know, with every sense of humility. Contrary to what we call the team of the year, that everybody says, yeah, yeah of, look. You said year last year now. Didn't you say year of something last year? Nothing comes to pass until you partner with God. That's why the Bible says we are co-laborer with Christ. It's not, nothing just self-actualizes itself. There must be a partnership with the Godhead for that thing to come to pass. I sought for a man amongst them so that I will not destroy the land. I found none. I sought. There's always looking for. There must be a partnership with God and man. So we can give you a team and you're just saying, my year of heaven on earth. You can, you can, you can, well, you can see Mars or Pluto on Earth. Hot Pluto. For one year, it's hot. Is it hot there? I don't even know. You know why? Because there is a key he gives to you for everything he wants to do with you. For Abraham, Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him as righteousness. That was the key for everything Abraham did on the Earth. For you is your devotion. It's in that devotion you want to operate in the level of intelligence unknown to men, like I taught you crossover. That you will be seated and God will give you an idea that people will say, How are you come? This idea will not work. And in three years, it becomes the talk of the whole town. For you to operate on that level, you must be seated with Him. In other words, you are seated, there is a conversation, you are talking. Is regular, is daily. There is a conversation. He knows your voice. Remember the journey of intimacy I told you? You move away from text message, which is attending only Sunday service. Text message. You now move from text message level. I'm not saying attending Sunday service, text message, because I will not attend again. No, be careful. That's not what I'm saying. No. I will balance that because it's part of the point I'm going to give you in a moment. How, listen, how your church is critical to your devotional life. Ah, let me tell you something. As a pastor, I've noticed this. Everything I'm saying to you is from the bank of well of the things I've heard over and over and again. And it's the places that have fed me in the word. So God, when we say that God will remind you of things that you have, is things you, that is on your inside now. Contrary to your belief, what the church does for you, many times you come and sit down and you are hearing a word. And sometimes you don't even understand. Sometimes you can't even remember. How many of you read the Bible? Think about this. How many of you read the Bible every time? Your frustration about reading the Bible is that the moment you are done reading it, you don't remember what you read. Let me tell you something. 
the Bible is a spirit. The power of the gospel is that what you are doing there is entering into your spirit. When situation arises, the Holy Ghost will now quicken what has been inside and pull it out for you in that situation. Then you will remember that five years ago, there was something you heard that triggered the decision you are making today. Are you following what I'm saying? So you don't trivialize those things. You don't trivialize, you don't trivialize it. You anchor yourself on it. Listen, priority, one of your biggest priority this year is church attendance. I'm telling you the truth. Hmm. I'm, don't worry, I'm going to get there in a moment. You know, some people think that they are doing them a favor when they say come to church. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, let me say something to you. Online is very great. It has its place. But you see, there is, there is an energy. The Bible says it this way. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Now, think about this. If I say everybody in this church, scream for joy. You know what happened? Because others were screaming and you were not. The continuation of that scream caused you to scream. Yes or no? You joined in the possession of the scream. When we say let the rhythm of the Lord say so, just because you were present, you activated yourself into what was going on congregationally. And that in itself is an obedience to a prophetic instruction. If you are in your house all by yourself, they say everybody scream, you might not scream. Because you might be, you might, at that time, the rice is just... So, as opposed to screaming, it's screaming that you left it on the fire, it has burnt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you are screaming. Glory to God. So, you move step by step into that relationship with him. The first basis of our relationship with Christ, many times, is the level of Ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and it shall find. Knock. You know, ask. Mommy, mommy, I want to eat puff puff. Can I take? Seek means to search. Knock means there is a gate and a door that must be opened. Three levels. Knock. So many people are in the asking. You are just asking. Give me rice, God. Give me beans, God. Give me... Some of us, we want to open the door of finance. We want to open the door of... Are you family? We want to open the door of business. Knock is another level. But let me tell you something. To enter into that one, you must have something that you are going to use as the password to open that door. It's not open, 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 open. Say, because God told me to come, open up. Then the thing answers you. Your pass key is word. You are full of the word. That's the pass key. Word! And let me tell you something, word from the, it's a quickened word. It's not something you read in a text. It's not something you read in a book. I was reading a book all over again yesterday. Uh, uh, um, if you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Or a robot. I've read that book several times. It stirs me up. Every time. He said, God told me that I'm going to build the Aura Robot University. He said, many people came to me and said, you will never be able to build it. He said, because I heard the word of the Lord, I laughed. How do you laugh? You, did, you don't even have, by the time God was telling you that, you don't even have anything that looks like university. The word of the Lord. When the word of the Lord, when people say, I don't know how God speaks, when God speaks, you will know. When the word of the Lord comes heavy to you, 
with conviction, it disappears every form of disbelief. It, it disappears in your spirit. Stop joking with your private time with God. Let me tell you something. Many people have made the biggest mistakes of their life because they moved by the noise and not by devotion. Noise. Look, noise is the popular. Devotion is usually the unpopular. Which means don't go that route. Everybody is going this route. God says stop. You, I'm not asking you to go that route. You stay here. Let them go. Five years time, I've double-crossed the process. You are now the one in front. By devotion. And you are staying there looking foolish. But you are the wisest. But let me tell you something. What keeps you in that five year is not what you are reading online. Oh. It's the word of the Lord that keeps strengthening you. You will go out in the morning, you will see a billboard that will be speaking to what God has told you. You will go, your, are you following what I said? Everything will be speaking to you. You will know that it's God that is telling you to do that thing. You will know. Let me tell you something. The high point of devotion with God, you are watching movie and it's speaking, it's, you are interpreting something from there. Everything is no longer human science to you. Are you following what I'm saying? Devotion. I still have a lot of things to talk about today. Let's keep going. If you have a strong priesthood, you will know things supernaturally. Let me tell you. Look, you will come to church and on, on Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, by the time P.S. comes up to open his Bible to preach, that's what you studied in your, midweek, in your time of God, with God. You will be in tune. All this, I'm not flowing, I'm not, fit, I'm, I'm not connected. It's because you, there is a plug that's been removed from your own devotion. I'm telling you the truth. People put the way, I'm saying, look, if you put the speaker here, it's working fine. I remove the cord. On, is it? It's supposed to be working. If I remove the cord, and I'm saying, this thing's not working, this thing's not working. You know the problem? It's because the cord has been removed. I put back the cord, you will see the genius of this thing emerge. So, the way corporate devotion works perfectly stems out from individual devotion. That's why the Bible says when you gather, some will come with a psalm. What are you coming with? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You come with psalm, you come with him. So when we gather, we are coming together with different devotions together. So when we say rejoice, the energy, because there's so much supply in the spirit of people's hearts. The energy is strong there. Not like, like the way Ken Hagen puts it. It's like um, putting socks in water. People are cold. Cold. No spiritual devotion. So every time they come to church, they come for a shock therapy. You know that thing that gives them lifeline? Brew, brew. So you just wake up, you're alive, 10%. Then the whole one week, you go without a devotion. So the only total bank of your spiritual journey it's irresponsible of you if your spiritual journey is totally anchored only and only alone on Tuesday and Sunday service. What that should do is to be putting more fire, putting more, putting more fire on your inside so that you have a glorious greater desire to know God more. Thank you, Lord. Now watch this.
Now, look at Mark chapter 6. Let's look at the power of intimacy. The power of intimacy. Mark chapter 6 and verse 46. Is somebody getting blessed? Are you going back to listen to this message? Mark chapter 6 and verse 46. Look at this. This is Jesus, so the most anointed on the earth. The anointed one, Christ. Jesus himself. Look at it. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Next verse. And now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and it was alone on the land. Next verse, verse 48. And then he saw them straining on at, at rowing from the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. Verse 49. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Verse 50. For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he walked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 51. And then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Look at all this big thing we have read. But if you miss verse 46. You have missed everything. How was Jesus able to do the things that he did? The first thing first is, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. So, there is a way we teach that scripture. Jesus walked on water, commanded his storms to cease. And we are, talk, we are taking it away in isolation from what really happened. In other words, Jesus first had a secret devotion and then an open manifestation. What we are looking out for many times is open manifestation without secret devotion. Secret devotion first. Then open manifestation next. You can't be looking for secret open manifestation without secret devotion. This is why God says in the word, Jesus says in the word that when you, when you come to um, um, my father, pardon me, who sees in secrets, he says he will reward you openly. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something else. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12. Luke 6 verse 12. And now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And when it was, and when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from whom he chose twelve, whom he also called apostles. Look at how Jesus selected his team. You, you keep selecting your team by guesswork. That's why the problem, every single year, you are having problem. Every single year is guesswork. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you don't pick people based on where they are now. Sometimes it's not by CV. The person that has the best CV in the world is Lucifer. Who has a better CV than him? He served God. Have you, have you, have you served him in that level? Better CV, but yet he's still messed up. Think about that. The way we operate, but Jesus was here, went to pray first. After he prayed, he picked his disciples. You are just making every decision whatsoever. Nothing is powering that decision. So, the law of the spirit is that first, for us to see open manifestation, we must have secret prayer time. Secret time with God. You want to see open manifestation? Let's say secret prayer time with God. Let me tell you something. You know why I can say this? I can say it with full chest. What is going to happen in the new in six months? It will daze you. 
I don't need you to say amen to it. I'm talking about what has been already cooked. They have cooked it. Are you following what I'm saying? It has cooked. Then I come out to declare, cooked. That's what Jesus did. Is the, have you found any place in the Bible? Jesus prayed for this. I said, please rise. In the name of Jesus, I hold you now. Come up, up. Come. It's up. Rise and walk. Because there's something powering that thing behind. You went five weeks. Only we lift our hands in the sanctuary. We lift our hands to, and we will praise you for the yes, Lord, for the rest of our days. Yes. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, Lord. Five weeks. Then I call you. I say, what is God showing you? Then you say that God told me I would build the biggest tech business in Africa. I ask you, which song do you say? Yes, Lord. I say, continue. Continue and keep building. <laughs> do you even understand the word tech? The Bible calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. Don't let me go to that one today. Come from master class. This year, <laughs> praise the Lord. Luke chapter 1 verse 8. Ah, we still have some time. Because I still have things here. Are you ready for and to do devotion. Don't you love the word? It's already getting blessed anyway. Luke chapter 1 and verse 8. Look at where the angel found Zechariah. And so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division. Next verse. Verse 9. According to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Next verse, verse 10. And the whole multitude of people was praying outside at the hour of incense. My God. Next verse. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Look at where the angel of the Lord came to meet him. Performing his priestly duty. That was where they came to meet him. This was the person who was supposed to give birth to John that would that would recognize the Messiah. The only person that was given to him to be able to spot who the Messiah was. Nobody could spot it. Everybody could only foretell the Messiah. Not Isaiah, not Jeremiah, not Ezekiel. No prophet, major or minor, could spot the Messiah. Only one. This is why the Bible says, Jesus speaking, he said, amongst every other prophet, none is greater than John the Baptist. The one that was given to the ability to be able to spot the Messiah. How was the revelation of this guy given to his father? He was met in the priestly duty. The Bible says, and people were outside praying for him. Let me tell you something. I've, contrary to many people's belief, I've clocked some things that I have noticed that there are certain things God says when you are quiet. And when I say quiet, I'm not saying you don't do like this. Have you noticed that when you spend time to pray in tongues for a long time, one hour, two hours, that, that time when you are done praying, it's like your soul is opened. Have you noticed that download is easier? You just be hearing some things. Strong. I read a statistics that baffled me. Let me share it with you. It said that if you read I don't know if it's correct or true, but I love it, so I'll share it. It said, people's, if you spend 50 years on the earth, 
it is with the statistics that suggest that people will spend at least 25 to 30 years doing guessworks. Which means, which one should I do? 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 It comes a time in your life. You need precision. Jesus did not come to the earth for guessworks now. He only had three and a half years to finish his assignment. Then you spend 30 years to be trying out which one works, which one. Listen, there are certain things that you will stumble to by the Spirit. Because all things work together to those that believe in, that love God. There are things that you stumble to by the Spirit. But that stumbling too, if you go and read the preceding verse, it was talking about praying. Before it then says, all things work together for those that love God. It was talking about praying first. So don't be quoting scripture, all things work together for those that love God. Yes, but it was first talking about prayer. It's when we are done praying in the spirit that you stand out on that prayer point, on that prayer place, and you say all things work together for those that love God. Glory to God. So what would intimacy, intimacy, or devotion do for you? Number one. Number one, the increased manifestation of the fruit of the spirit in your life. I, I caught you there. Some of you thought it was manifest. No. Malachi chapter 3 verse 3. Malachi 3 verse, verse 3. Malachi 3 verse 3. Devotion. When you start, let's start from verse 1. When you, when you want to start devotion, if you don't want this, don't go there. When you commit to God, this is the first line, leg. First relay race it will take you through. Behold, I will send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. The Lord and the Lord will seek whom you seek. Will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you, you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Next verse. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a launderer's soap. Verse 3. It will set as a refiner a purifier of silver. It will purify the sons of Levi and put them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. So, the first thing that starts in your devotion. Remember when Saul met Jesus, he became blind. Remember? When Anas came to him to speak to him, what did they do for him first? The Bible says the scale fell out of his eyes. It meant that Saul, which is Paul, now started seeing right. In other words, what God does for you when your devotion starts proper, he starts to show you your inconsistency, your inadequacies, it begins to reveal your incompetence. I'm telling you the honest truth. And begins to show you your forthcomings. Then it will now say to you, my grace is sufficient for you. It will now say to you, after he has showed you, then it will start working on the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Bringing them up to the open front. Let me say something to you. If you are anointed with a bad character, you are a very bad person. I'm telling you the truth. If you have a grace to change the world with a bad character, when God wants to change your life, it starts off first with your character. This devotion that is not reflecting in your character is sick me level you are doing. The devotional life starts first with your character. We see that 
Something is being refined in this person. The way they talk, the way they compose, the way they are thinking, their lifestyle, their love life. They see the fruit of the Spirit. The first leg point of a sound devotional life is that God begins to take away things in your life that would, that would, that would slow you down in the journey of life. And many times, it's not something coming from external. Jesus said, it's not what that is inside that is stopping you. He says, it's what that is coming out of you. What is coming out of a man, which means the things that is inside of you is what you are bringing out. Those character things, God begins to deal with it. He's talking about love there. He's talking about peace there. He's talking about patience. He's talking about temperance, long-suffering. He begins to deal with those things inside of you first. Then your devotional life. And let me say something. You can be on, on... on character 101 for two years. Character 101. You are there for two years. Then he says, oh yeah, go out. You go out and then character 101, you didn't really finish past the course. He pulls you back inside. As opposed to the reason why many people want to have a devotional life is to fulfill something for God. God wants his will to first be fulfilled in you. Character. So character development, it begins to work it, tweak it, work the thing out on you. Glory to God. This is very important. That's the first thing, increased manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. So that you are not full of grace, full of the anointing, but bad character. Have you met people who very, have you met, I mean, business owners, you look at them and say, ah, but the, you, you can see this, what's that word? Um, trickery. It's like a trickery spirit. You can see just, ah, this person. Is it trickery they call it? Manipulative spirit. Eh, you just see it there, ah, character. That's what you see. Let me tell you something. Some of these people that you see outside that say, brother, brother, God spoke to me to tell you something. Those people that give you word, especially in the market. Let me tell you something. Some of those people, accuracy in the prophetic, second to none. Forget it. If they give you word, second to none. But as they are giving you word, they are using the spirit of trickery and the spirit of manipulation to still collect money from you. My, my daughter is in the hospital. Daughter that, somebody that doesn't have one soul. My daughter is in the hospital. Give me five naira, ten naira to pay. As prophecy is coming out, another thing is coming out because something was not dealt with. Listen, if you highlight your life on the gifts and forget the, 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 the gifts and forget the fruits, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. Let me tell you something. The gift will spotlight you. The fruit will keep you high. The gift will spotlight you. The fruit will keep you. Let me tell you. Let me pray a prayer for you today. May you not carry what is bigger than you. For those of you praying for limelight, may you not stumble on what you stumble out of. You put somebody with a bad character in limelight, you know you have shown the whole world. You have, you have caused problem for the world. Character. So that's where God starts with first. Praise the Lord. Two days ago, something happened. As I was done, I went back inside. 
God said to me, I'm, you know, I've been very vulnerable with you guys this season. So I'll be saying things so that you guys can learn. God said to me, if you keep talking like this, you will not be able to contain the glory that I want to deposit in you. If you react like this, you will not be able to contain it. In other words, sometimes silence is your power. Character. This is me. If you cannot take me, if you cannot take me, take me out. Okay. This is me. This is me. They've known me. My mama knows me. My daddy knows me. If I'm, if I'm angry at like that, this is me. This is me. When you are doing your devotion, you know what you will hear from the spiritual Ben song. <laughs> the first like Ben song. Then you now come. Praise the Lord. Ben song means um, t- take your mouth aside. Let me begin to close. I have a lot of things to share. Number two, what intimacy would do, what your devotion would do. Number two, increased manifestation of grace. Look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Increased manifestation of grace. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. You want people to follow you on a vision. Hear what I'm saying to you now. Hear what I want to about what I'm about to teach you now. If you miss it, you miss out. Hear it now. Watch this. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Next verse. To reveal a son to me that I may preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confine with flesh and blood. Next verse. Verse 18. It says, nor did, verse 17, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Next verse, verse 18. It says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remain with him 15 days. Look, every time we talk about the revelation of Apostle Paul, you can't take away the, the separation that revealed Christ to Apostle Paul. That separation that caused Christ to be seen through his face. That, that is the, the time of consistent fellowship. There were things Apostle Paul was saying that he was almost as though he was part of the 12 disciples. But look at what the Bible says. Let's go to another verse of scripture. Open with me to Galatians chapter 2, verse 9. In other words, while he was there, grace was being increased by revelation. Look at me, everybody. Let me say something to you. Listen, look at me, look at me. Write what I'm about to say down. But listen to me. Grace increases in measure by revelation. Which means what you know is giving you an advantage above what others don't know. Look, if by 9 o'clock they've told me that they are going to lock the gate of this estate by 9, I'm preaching to you and I don't like any of you here. God forbid. I'm preaching to you and I say, I sense the power of God right at the gate. I'm coming. I give Pastor Dayton the phone, the microphone and I go. I'm on my house. 10 o'clock service is over, you are there at the gate. Till the next day you don't go home. You know what I know? I had an information you don't have. By that information, I'm at peace enjoy my life sleeping, you are distressed because you don't have the information that I have. Revelation gives you grace. Revelation. By revelation, Apostle Paul was operating in another level. Look at what he says here. 
And when James, Cephas, and John, who seems to be pillars, perceived the grace that has been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas a right hand of fellowship that we should go to the Gentiles and they should go to the circumcised. They gave me right hand of fellowship. The reason why people are not giving some of us right hand of fellowship, they can't perceive Jack. They can't perceive Jack. How do you, how do you grow in grace? First Peter chapter 3 tells us, it says grow in grace and how? In the knowledge. It means every time you grow in knowledge, you grow in grace. Every time you grow in knowledge, you grow in grace. So grace begins to increase. You talk, your words are not falling. Come, follow us, come. Come, let me make you feel, come, there we come. It, look, this is one secret key you must put into your journey. So when we say we labor in grace, is in the place of prayer, spiritual exercise, this thing increases. The manifestation increases. The words become weightier. Are you following what I'm saying? The way you see is different. You are seen three years ahead. Your strategy is now beyond your own physical, natural limitation. The level of strategy you are operating in, the heart connection you are is beyond natural understanding, explanation. You are now operating at 5D. Because why? You have grown in grace. Let me say something to you. Your devotion affects everything. Number three. Somebody getting blessed here. Number three, an empowered spiritual lifestyle. What intimacy would do to you, do for you? Empowered spiritual lifestyle. Lifestyle. Jesus said, "If you abide in me and my words and abides in you, you shall ask me anything and I will do it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you." John fifteen seven. John fifteen seven. Empowered spiritual lifestyle. Let me say something to you. And I'll begin to close now. I still have a lot of things, but we'll continue next week. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Whew. Do you know that there is a breath of God that comes into your life by constant, by the consistency of your devotion. A breath of God. In fact, let me say something to you. The high point of your devotion is you hearing what God is saying to you. So, the more you have that devotional life that is consistent, everything will be making sense to you. In other words, sometimes God will give you clues. And during the day, somebody's comments would be the, the answer to the clue. Are you following what I'm saying? Everything, nothing will become coincidence to you again. Somebody just says a word passing as a thought or a suggestion or a fun or a laughter. And that word is highlighted by the Spirit. The Spirit picks it up like this, quickens it before you. You know they are not saying what they are saying because they are saying it because they think they are saying something nice. But in your own heart, you know that God is talking to these people. These people are like Balaam and the donkey talking on your behalf. Empowered life by devotion. Empowered life. The people that you need to meet are meeting you. The people that need to meet you are meeting you. Empowered life. No more coincidence. 
that devotion. Let me, say, let me just highlight a little bit here. Your hearing God becomes your biggest asset. One day I asked Dr. K a question. I said, sir, tell me your secret of ministry. He said, my secret to ministry is not praying. It's not fasting. He said, it's my ability to hear God. Then I understood what Jesus was saying. That as I see my father, so do I. It meant that everything Jesus saw God do, it was what he was doing. He says, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. Look at conviction talking. Glory to God. Number four. I'll close with this one. Enlightenment. Enlightenment. Exodus chapter 34 verse 29. Exodus 34 verse 30. Exodus 34, 29. Glory to God. Let me say something to you. If you put service to God before devotion with God, you will still cause God eventually. And I know it's a heavy word. You will feel like he used you. I read a story of a man of God who after 50 years walked away to ministry and told everybody in his church the day he was leaving the ministry, he said, God does not exist. He said, because he used me. Then they brought him after so many times of therapy. He came back in a TV, TV life. And he said, what happened was that, you know, the Bible says about Samuel. It says, Samuel the boy was ministering to the Lord. Verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Verse 7, the Bible says, and Samuel the boy did not yet know the Lord. It means you can be ministering to God and don't know him. You are serving, serving, serving. That's why when I see people who are in the ushering protocol, finance, just walking up and down, jumping up and down, during the world, they are trying to, you know, do all sorts. Better sit down. Eventually, you will cause problems for yourself. Matter! He said, Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, if you only are a pastor, you grow by the word. Somebody came to my house the other day, heard me listening to myself preach, even though I don't like to watch myself. So I wonder all the things I used to do. I say, is it me doing this thing? But I like to listen to the word. There's no message I preach I don't listen to. Me, myself. Because many times when I'm teaching you, I'm teaching from utterance. It's the anointing operating. How do I get fed? By the word. I must now take the part of the pew, sit down like you, and learn my own words. And I only teach out of the outflow of my own devotion. So that at the end of the day, you will not be a castaway. You will not serve God 10 years, 20 years and say, God used me. This is why many people are, they are leaving church. The, many people that walk away from church is offense. Many times the offense, 80% of the time, I tell you the truth, anchored on God before man. They only look for a man to hang it on. God. They are angry with God. Why? They just servant of God. Never once try to be a son. Sit down and learn the word. The moment you come on the choir stage and you sing, I am a friend of God, you are already in the bathroom, outside licking lollipop and drinking those different juice that you are buying, which is okay, I don't have a problem with it, but you better sit down. After you have heard the word, you are convicted by the word, then go and drink juice to step it down. Stop drinking what will now cause more problem in your life. Why? Because, are you following what I'm saying? I don't have a problem with juice, there are people selling it, I don't have, you know what I'm telling you, I don't have a problem with it, but sit down. During worship, do you tell the time when God visits you? 
So people have found time, found out the time of the word. YouTube live, they join when PS is coming up. Physical service, they come when it's 1047, 10, word lange. And you don't know that just lifting up your voice and saying, I am a friend of God. Re-saying re, re that over and over and over again, there's something just to your conviction. That in the service, till the benediction is still part of the service. Sit down. Cameraman, you camera and be yelling. Video man, you be videoing and be yelling. Picture man, you be snapping and be snapping your word. You sit down. He's doing the word. Then uh, during one hour message, you stood up to go and ask yourself, what is wrong with the bladder? One hour message, you are up ten times. Restlessness. You can't sit and you want to be great. It's a sign everyone who's going to be great must learn how to sit because strategy must, you must sit to even strategize. You can't sit down. Restless. If anything, that is not two minutes. Is there a way we can be doing podcasts? P.S. You know, podcast is a new thing. I've got five minutes podcast. They want cold snack for a great destiny. How? Take yourself serious this year. Glory to God. Are you loving me this year? Because I love you too. I want you to be great. And you shall be great. Because the, Bible, the Lord had told me, Isaiah 8, 18, I and the children that the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and wonders. If you don't want to be great, don't come to this church. Let me close with this. Enlightenment. I was talking about enlightenment, Abby. All right. Moses, I say Moses chapter 35. I, Exodus, Exodus 34. Glory to God. Amen. Exodus 34. Exodus 34. And give me verse 29. Exodus 34, verse 29. Look at what happened to Moses, which is the law. And look at what happened to Jesus, which is grace. It says, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hands. And when he came down from the mountain, and Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked to them. Give me the message translation. I love the message translation. While he came down from the mountain, the, the, the radiance of his face. Glory to God. Look at that. It says, and when Moses came down from the mount of Sinai carrying the two tablets of the testimony, he didn't know that the skin of his face glowed because he had been speaking with God. His skin of his face glowed because he has been speaking with God. Have you met somebody before? You just know that there is a beauty around their life. How? Oh, because of their prayer life. Because of their devotion, you can tell there's something about your life. You are looking good. Are you using makeup? Are you using perfume? Are you using deodorant? Is the perfume of the spirit. Something else is engracing your life. You can tell. You just look at the person. Ah, there's something new about you. There's something new. The problem is many people are carrying stale wine and they want to do new things for God. How? Stale wine. at Moses' face because he was speaking with God. Let's look at Jesus because we can see it in the law and then we can see it on grace as well. Let's open our Bible again to Matthew chapter 17 and verse 2. Matthew 17 and verse 2. Look at this. This was at the Mount of Transfiguration. The Bible says his appearance changed from inside out right before their eyes. Sunlight poured from his face. His clothes was filled with light. Give me the TPT version. 
Look at Jesus. Wow. Just by the, in the presence. Look at Jesus. And when Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered, the reason why you are the same, every year you are still the same. You are the same. Something is missing in your devotion. When your devotion is intact, you will be dramatically altered. It says, a radiant light as bright as the sun poured from his face and his clothes I don't have that one. Let's move on. Open the Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. <laughs> and my wife said, babe, speak this English. Next verse. Not next verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. People <laughs> are laughing. <laughs> you, think I'm, you think I'm disappointed? Look at this people. At least you are hearing what I'm saying to you. <laughs> are you hearing it? I can imagine YouTubers now. And I know that by tomorrow somebody has created memes out of this thing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is someone getting blessed? Second Corinthians chapter 7, right? Aha, thank you. Right there. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. Look at this. Which glory was passing away? Next verse. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Wow. Next verse. Verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more. In other words, what's the ministry of righteousness? Every time we behold as in the image, the glory of the Lord, we are changed from one level of glory to glory to glory to glory. The radiation, in other words, the same radiation Moses experienced, the same radiation Jesus experienced, the same as we look and beyond in the word, we are experiencing the same in our lives. Why? Because we are beholding the ministry of redemption. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying today? This is the power of your, of, your, of your devotion. Finally, how to create, how to have an effective devotion. Number one. Next week, I'll teach you on how to study the Bible. How to pray. How you pray. People just start praying. That's, the, that's what they do for from 15 minutes and that's all. It's good. But I'll teach us how to pray biblically. The role that meditation plays in praying. And the role that thinking plays after you have prayed. Because you don't suspend your brain. The moment you are done praying, you now put your brain to work. You will see results this year. Number one, how to have an effective devotion. Number one, create a rhythm. The only way to have an effective, continuous devotion is for you to create a rhythm. Anything you don't create a rhythm for, you can't have consistency in it. Are you following what I'm saying? How did they say David Beckham was the best free kick taker? They say every time after the match in, in Man United, he would go and practice the same spot over and over again. 
keep kicking the ball, keep kicking the ball, keep kicking the ball. To a point that it gets to a point, once he has free kick in a particular line, you can almost tell 40% that is a goal or 50% that is a goal. I don't know how accurate this is. They said there was a time Pele played a ball. I don't know if it's true or lie, whatever, but let me use it. They said he played the ball, he hit the bar. He came back and told them to go and measure the post. That is not correct. That, that thing is not correct. They said they measured it and they found out that the thing was not correct. Why? By the power of consistency. He was able to say, if I hit it this way, by the continuous reason of use, I will get this outcome. So you must create a rhythm in your life. How do you... Be, how, look, when we say you can pray at any time, and yes, you can pray at any time, but for some people who are just trying to know God, I bet you first create a system. If it's 8 to 9 that works for you, do 8 to 9. And it's okay that it's not morning. Some of you, you like to wake up when the witches are awake. That's fine. Wake up at that time. If it's 12 to 1 that you know they are awake, wake up at that time. And if you know the time your village people, they wake up to deal with the family. You, you, you ask them, what time do you wake up? They say 3 to 4. You wake up fire for fire. You open fire, they open fire. You open fire, they open fire. And somebody wins. And surely... There's an hand, and your expectation will not be cut short. Glory to God. So you pick a rhythm. Are you following what I'm saying? Number two, avoid distractions. Number one, your phone is your enemy in your time of devotion. Your phone. That's the time that call that you think is a breakthrough call, and you have not still breakthrough with the call. That call, that call will just enter. Have you noticed when you are with your phone and somebody, when you are praying and, so, and there is a desire, you just feel it. It's not the Holy Ghost. So let me check. And you check, it leads you completely astray. Out of God's desire for you in your devotion. Avoid distraction. Number three. Delight yourself in spiritual exercises. Do you know what it means to delight yourself in spiritual exercises? This delight yourself in spiritual exercises is something you decide. You know what David said? I was glad when they told me to come to the house of the Lord. He's delighting yourself in spiritual exercises. So, delighting yourself in spiritual exercises, when it's time to pray, you are delighted you want to pray. When it's time to fast, it's not a night before your kitchen knows. The, the utensils in the kitchen, they're already talking to themselves, you won't fast without you. It won't fast be that though. As you don't they walk around like that. The pot is talking to the oil. It won't fast though. It won't fast. Look at him. It won't fast be that though. <laughs> you eat, you can't move. You eat, you can't move. You can't move. <laughs> you wake up, then <laughs> almost lifeless. Someone is passing out because of fast. Call 911, brethren. Because you want to fast to see glory. <laughs> Delight yourself. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. It's time to fast. Glory to God. It's time for the word. Glory to God. It's not doing the word. You're just you're singing 10 green bottles standing on the world. Doing word. If one green bottle should act let it fall down. Seven green bottle. Do the word. Take care. Delight yourself in the word. Finally, 
be rooted in a local church. I talked about that already. That's one of the best ways to be anchored in your devotion. The things that are taught in that, in that local assembly, it's empowering your spiritual journey as well. Glory to God. John chapter 15 and verse 5. Let me give you this scripture for the end of service and you go home with it. John 15 verse 5. Were you excited you came today? Are you looking forward to the end of this series? There are many things I didn't touch. I skipped a lot of things. but it's, um, It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Look at this. It says, without me. She, she. Look at it. Oh. Look at it. Oh. Without me. She, she. Without me, you no go fit. Okay? Without me, you no go fit, run arm. Try arm if easy. That's what God is saying. No? This year, this year, without him, if you run arm, he go run you, Abby. He go run down. I like that. Glory to God. Lift your hands to heaven. Were you blessed? Put your hands together for the Lord. Pastor, you should know this one. I won't trade you for you. All right. Everybody lift your hands. We're going to sing that song together. If you're online, lift your hands and let's close. Honey. I want you to sing that song. We're going to sing it over and again for at least five times and we're going to close. And I want you to just look at me, everyone. I want you to consider the, the lyrics of the songs. Media, please, if you can put the lyrics on the song for us, put it on the screen and just think about that song and make a commitment to God in the year 2024 with your devotion. Can you do that, everybody? Would you do that? Lift your two hands to God. You are the love of my life. You are, you are the hope that I cling to. You mean more than this world to me. I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You are, you are, you are, you are my air. Sing, you are, you are. The love of my life, sing you are, you are the hope, the hope that I cling to. You mean, you mean more than this world, more than this world. Sing, I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade you. For silver or gold, I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade you for riches unto you are, you are, you are, you are. One more time, 
increase the volume a little bit. I want to just go a little bit deeper because I want to I want to take people to a place of of consecration. And I want you to flow very well. Pray in the spirit. You're, you're just pray in the spirit and play for me. And if you don't know the lyrics of the song, I want you to sh- look at the lyrics of the song. Worship is also confession. So everything you are making a declaration about, you are also confessing what you are saying. Thank you, Lord. 2024 is going to be a year of your most intense devotion with God. I love that prayer. And I love the fact that you said a loud amen to that. Say a loud amen one more time. I want you to sing that song. Look at what the song says. It says, I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. It means, I wouldn't even trade you for my time to go to work. Wow. I'm going to go to work, but even if I have to rush out in the morning, I'm still going to ensure that my devotion is done every day, no matter what time I come back. That's what it means. I wouldn't trade you for anything. Because in you is the fountain of life. It's you that gives life. Where do I run to? Where do I go without you? What can I be? Who can I become without you? This horse is battle ready, but at the end of the day, the victory has to still come from you. The strategy, the plans, the desires, my way, my will, my emotions, everything, it's in you. If you don't power it for me, how will I achieve the things I want to achieve this year? How will I be great if you don't make me great? Look at what God told Abraham. He says, I will make you great. Abraham did not say I want to be great he says I, it means I have the capacity and I have the willingness and the ability to make you great so how do you run from the one that makes and try to make yourself that's why you sit you sit, you sit you sit, prioritize sitting prioritize waiting prioritize staying in the year 2024 prioritize staying Open up your heart, Lord, all my heart, all my days are held in your hands, Lord. what you want. Yeah, yeah, oh God. Yeah, yeah, I'm in your presence. Yeah, yeah, oh God. I want to work with you. I want to see your face. I want to go your way. I want to hear your voice. I want your voice to be my greatest treasure in the year 2024. I want dossier the Lord to be my greatest treasure. I want dossier the Lord. That's my treasure. That's all I have. That's all I have. Rip me of everything. All I have is the word. All I have is your voice. All I have is my devotion. All I have is my intimacy. All I have is you, oh God. All I have is you, Jesus. Where do I go to? Where do I run to? Who can I become without you? You are God. You are good. You are kind. Hold me by your right hands. Lead me by your right hands. Direct my part, oh God. Lift your hands. The love of my life. Come on, sing this song with so much conviction. You are the hope that I cling. 
mean, you mean, yes, Lord. Oh, more than this world, sing, I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade you for silver or gold. I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade for riches, for riches unto you are, you are, you are, you are my end. Sing it, you are, you are the love, the love of my life. Lord, you are, you are the hope that I cling to. You mean, you mean more than this world. Oh God, I wouldn't trade you. I wouldn't trade for silver or gold. Oh God, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. Oh, you are, you are, you are, you are my end. You are, you are. Come on, Chuck, let me hear you. The love of my life. Wow. You are, you are the hope, the hope that I cling to. You mean, you mean more than this world. Oh God, I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade you. For silver or gold, I wouldn't trade you, I wouldn't trade you for riches untold. You are, you are, you are my Oh, 
yes Cause when I give God my lifetime Oh, He will take care of me He will never ever let me down When I give God my lifetime He said He'll take care of me by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.